clearly wasn't what everybody was expecting it to do. That's my devotional this week as I was reading and studying um, the office of the Warriors of the Formal, Believe It Die. Will it be another trip through the ritualistic rust of our religious road? Or
for Simon, this is just an ordinary pilgrimage to Jerusalem for Passover, probably something he had done before, maybe many times. Maybe, perhaps this is the first time nobody has brought his son. We don't know. But for him, it was just an ordinary pilgrimage to Jerusalem until he made the legal line leading to Israel and the soldiers were Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him, then they offered him wine that he had heard, but he did not take it. And they, the Roman soldiers, crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Technically, it was nine in the morning when they started to crucify Notice that the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, No, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others. This Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, Some of those standing near heard this. They said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. With a loud cry, Jesus raised his eyes. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were there also. For these women at the cross, it was just an ordinary day of following Jesus. Well, it wasn't quite ordinary because whenever you're following Jesus, nothing's really ordinary. They, it was an ordinary day, a regular day of following Jesus and caring for him until they found out he'd been arrested. Until he was beaten and abused and crucified. Until he died. It was an ordinary day. Until he died. 
eternity, he stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, surely this man was God's son. For the centurion, this is just an ordinary execution of another set of commands. This thing crucified criminals all the time. It was just the way Rome got rid of them. It was a was just an ordinary, for this centurion, for this soldier, was just an ordinary execution of another set of criminals until he witnesses how Jesus died. And he recognized what everyone else seemed to be overlooking. This man was God's Jesus died on a cross at 
decisive act of love toward you. For so many years, I was kind of given the impression that Jesus dying on the cross is the expression of God's love for me. And that's true because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit don't vote on things. It's not like, oh, turn it on, you lose. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. They, they decide together. I don't know how this works because there's three persons and there's only one God. And, and one, one of my professors said that only people who have ever understood this were either insane or heretics. I, I hope I'm not insane. I try not to be a heretic. All I know is they work together. They decide together. And it was Jesus' decision as part of the Trinity, as God the Son. It was His decision to decisively show, willfully show you how much He loves you. The undying source of life died by choice. To die. He wasn't murdered. The Father did not arbitrarily force him to die for humanity. God's Son, the undying source of life, came to die on a cross. It was his plan. From the deepest, darkest part of eternity before creation, it was his plan and his decisive act of love. Things, you know, that, that can creep in if we don't understand that Jesus decided to die for us. If we confess when we start it for you. Think about it for a moment. Uh, to look at him as the victim of the vicious crime. Denied him, and the rest of them deserted him. Oh, it's awful. People, people killed him. The powers of being came together, and they killed him. It was the, the vicious spiritual forces, the dark, dark spiritual forces, the two-faced religious leaders, and the faint-hearted political appointees came together in a perfect storm and killed him. Only that part of the story, we start to feel sorry for Jesus. We probably wouldn't say it out loud because, well, I don't know about you, but I would rather talk about it. But I'm afraid, though, that if we consider Jesus the powerless prey of a horrendous crime, that we'll start, we'll, we'll fail to identify him for who he really is. We'll think of him as a poor guy. A carpenter from Nazareth who got suckered. And we'll actually fall into the trap of thinking that would never happen to me. Again, we probably won't say it out loud. Because who, who wants to say they're smarter than Jesus? 
But if we start having pity on him for what happened to him, we kind of put ourselves above him. When you have pity on a person, you just... I mean, okay, let's just be honest. Who a show of hands. This time I want you to vote, okay? I want you to vote. Vote honestly. If you agree with this statement, I want you to raise your hand. I want people to pity me. Oh, nobody? Why? Because if they're pitying us, they think they're better than us and they're looking down at us. If we pity Jesus, God's Son, the undying source of life, died on the cross because it was His plan and His decisive act of love for you. Jesus was not the casualty of human plotting and divine anger. He was the victor when He was crucified and when He sacrificed His life on the cross. He was not the victim. He was the victor. Jesus does not want or need your pity. You may feel compassion and mercy for Him, but I just want you to know that's simply off heart. Jesus is God's Son. He was, is, and always will be the King of kings and Lord of lords. He was the victorious one. He is the victorious one. He will always be the victorious one. His life was not taken from him. He chose to sacrifice his life for you. He had the power to lay it down, the power to take it back up. Jesus himself said, before he made it true, he was talking to his disciples, and he said to them, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down as my own free will. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it back up again. This commandment I received from my Father. And I've got to tell you, here's exactly what I would like to do. This would be wonderful. That's not what Jesus said. No. Because all my life I thought somebody robbed him. I thought somebody took his life from him.
His amazing love will heal all of your brokenness. He will erase your guilt and your shame. His love will break the chains of all your hurt, habits, and hang-ups. Jesus chose to die for us. No one forced Him on Him. We can truly love Him in return. And when we truly love Him in return, it creates space in us for the Holy Spirit to speak up to love us.